Hello, and welcome back to My Story, His Story, Our Journey. This is Miss Mary here, just welcoming everybody back into a new journey that we're going to take today in God's Word. And I just want to remind everybody to please uh, make sure you hit the follow button. That way you'll be notified every time there's a new episode. And like and share this podcast with all those around you. Like I said many times before, we all can learn and grow from the Word, and uh, we just want to have as many followers out there as possible, being able to hear God's Word and apply it to their life. I'm glad that you're with me today, and I'm excited about the journey we're about to take, so I will see you over in my part of the story. part of the story. Well, today we're going on a journey that may be a little rough and maybe a little bit confusing for you. I don't know if you're a believer out there that when you got saved, you know, somebody had said, just say this prayer and repeat after me and then everything will be fine. You know, um, Jesus is just going to bless you, multiply your life, and, you know, everything will be absolutely wonderful from here on out. Or if you're a believer that believes that, and I'm sure if you're a believer that believes that, then you probably are a disappointed believer. And sometimes when disappointment happens, we tend to not be as on fire for the Lord and reaching the multitude of people that we're you know, basically commanded to reach and to preach the gospel. You know, I've come all the way back from a person that actually was taught and trained how to uh, reach, you know, young children because I worked with the youth ministry. And I remember back on my own testimony, I actually went forward because a friend kind of urged me to go forward and say that prayer and to accept Christ as my Savior. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that if you say this prayer that you're not (coughs) sincere about Christ being your Savior. It's just there's so much more to know about Christianity and about followers of Jesus Christ and what to expect. And I believe that through God's Word and the speakings and the teachings of Jesus, we can back that up with his word that it is not going to be easy to live a Christian life. So, you know, like I said, I had went forward and I was baptized when I was like 14 years old, but I truly, truly believe I did not understand and that I did it because I was kind of encouraged to do it. I believe I was actually saved November the 4th in 1996 and I actually know that I continue to grow from that point on. My life continued to change from that point on. So, you know, the question here is, is have you come across the scripture where Jesus says in the Bible, all of those that want to follow after me, let him pick up his cross and deny himself and follow me. And I'm, I'm going to be going over that scripture pretty soon. I'm basically just saying that verbatim. Uh, but we always talk about pick up your cross and follow me. And you think to yourself, you know, wait a minute. 
what was the cross? Well, the cross was Jesus's cross. It was a cross of crucifixion. It was a cross of sadness. It was a cross of loss. It was a cross of gain. But we see many sad things that surround the cross. It was a cross of embarrassment. You know, those that were crucified publicly had a lot of shame and embarrassment on them because they were tortured, basically, and hung out for people just to look at and mock and degrade. So when you hear Jesus say, pick up your cross and follow me, what is the first thing that you think? Or have you ever heard that through the Bible, that Jesus instructed us to pick up our cross and follow him? Well, that's the journey we're going to go on to today. A journey of scriptures that will kind of explain that Jesus did warn us. Jesus did explain to us that the life of being a Christian was not going to be easy. And if you were out there and you believe that this is going to be an easy life, it's not. I think our life could be easier if we trusted in his word, like Romans 8.28, that I've quoted quite a bit. And if I'm not going to quote that right now. You can go look it up if you've already forgot it. Uh, it's one that I think of every time my life does get hard or does get rough. But the point of it is, is is our life will be hard. Our life will suffer some persecution. Our life will be a life of possible struggle because of the two natures inside of us. One, we have the carnal side, which is the sinful side. You know, we have the spiritual side, which is where the Holy Spirit is, and they're they're battling back and forth every day just inside of us. And uh, that's not to mention how the world feels about those that call themselves believers or Christians. So hang on to your hats. This is going to be a journey of Scripture that supports and helps us understand that we will have hard times in our life. doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. We are going to have persecution in our life. We are going to have uh, challenges. Um, But Jesus says he's there with us through all of this. And so uh, I just want to pull out some scriptures to show you technically that a Christian life is not an easy life. But with the Holy Spirit in our heart, he can help get us through all things. So I will see you over in his part of the journey. Welcome to his part of the story. As I said in my part of the story, I also call it his part of the journey because we are taking a journey with Jesus and we're looking into his word and as he directs us to do so. And uh, sometimes I intertwine his part of the story or his part of the journey. Um, But you know, we are living a life and a relationship with Jesus. And I hope all of you out there see this, that It's not just about, I said a prayer and I got saved and now I'm not going to hell. This is a life-altering experience. This is a relationship that you have with our Lord and Savior. And He's in our life every day directing us and showing us how He wants us to live and 
how to become more in his image. So we're going to start in Matthew 16, verse 24 and 25, which is the scripture that I had spoke of earlier. It says here, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever denies, or no, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my, for mine sake will find it. So you can see here <clears throat> that he speaks of a cross. And we talked a little bit about what the cross looks like. You know, uh, it could be a cross of humiliation, a cross of death, a cross of suffering, a cross of gain. Um, and, you know, Jesus knows that this is going to be our life's story. We will have all of these uh, things happening to us. And uh, we will suffer like he suffered as believers. However, you know, what he suffered on the cross, thank you, Lord, we will never have to endure what he endured. Nor could we endure what he endured. He is the Son of God, so he was capable of enduring what he needed to until the end, but we would have never made it through such torment and abuse uh, if it would have been just us. But basically Jesus is saying there is going to become a light persecution. There's going to come, as you follow him and become more in his image, the world will see his image, and they will have the same response that they had with him. You know, I tell people all the time that if you're really living the life for the Lord, uh, for the Lord, you you're going to have one or two reactions from people. They're either going to be drawn to you because they need hope, love, peace. They're looking for that, or they're going to be repelled by you because they want nothing to do with Him, and they're going to respond to you the same way they responded to Him in mocking and um, other forms of humiliation. Um, I don't know how much you have lost since you've become a believer, but I know that, you know, I know nothing of the friends that I used to have before I was a believer. Like, my whole life has changed. My whole group of people have changed. Uh, Not that I'm afraid to be around lost people, because Jesus said, who better to need a physician than the sick? So, it's not that. It's just I find myself having best friends now are believers or brothers and sisters in Christ. So we can see here that Jesus did talk to us about our cross and that we would uh, eventually have to pick up our cross and follow him if that's what we wanted in our life was him and salvation. Uh, you see here also, he says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Um you know, a lot of people now, they live for themselves. And they whatever makes them happy, you know, they grew up in an era that it's all about me. And, you know, shoot for your dreams. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having goals and dreams. But when you're always living your life every day just for yourself or for the satisfaction of yourself, that has nothing to do with Christ. And then it says, but whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And I believe that speaks of, if you're a believer, then you know how busy we stay. We're always busy about God's business. And I find myself often not having very much time for 
family things. Um, you know, I do spend time with my family, but it just seems like every day I'm trying to live my life to glorify God. And I, I think he knows that, that, you know, when you wake up and then the next thing you know, it's time to go to bed again. And you feel like you've not gotten even as much accomplished that you would like to have gotten accomplished. Like I said, you know, I have a deaf ministry where I interpret for the deaf and hard of hearing. I teach uh, other students American Sign Language so that they will uh, hopefully use that to glorify God and reach others in the future uh, that are in the deaf community. I have this podcast. I have elderly that I look after with my mother and it can be very challenging. And now I have foster children and I'm sure you have noticed that I haven't posted as often as I posted before which I do want to say that I'm probably going to be switching the publication of these to a Thursday, every other Thursday, rather than on Tuesdays. So please tune in on a Thursday because it, seemed to, it seems to fit in my schedule a little bit more. So with that being added, I want to actually turn to another scripture here uh, in Matthew 8, 18. Matthew 8, 18. 18 through 20. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And the scribe came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds have the air, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. So we see here again where Jesus is, you know, is he saying, oh, sure, come on, let's go. Or is he actually implying and and showing that, you know, are you sure this is what you want? Do you really want to follow me? Do you really want to experience the life or even a small portion of the life of what I've experienced or am going to experience. You know, he says foxes have holes and birds have the air of the nest, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And I think of just recently we had um, some missionaries come into our church a couple Sundays ago, and they were showing slides of when they very first started, and all they had was a tent on the ground for their entire family. That's what they were living in. And then it showed as they progressed, their tent went up on to the tr- back of the truck to where they weren't on the ground where the snakes and the bugs and the animals were. Um, and eventually they did manage to get into a place. But, you know, they could have said that. You know, that father and mother could have said, you know, look at us. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but we have nowhere to lay our head. I mean, inside of a tent on the ground where there's snakes and there's bugs. But they loved the Lord, and they had a desire to minister to this group of people. So they were called to do that, and they experienced some of what Jesus was saying. You know, he was traveling constantly, and he was sleeping wherever he could sleep because he was ministering those three years before his crucifixion. Uh, John 15, 18 through 20. Let's see what that says. John 15... Eighteen through twenty. 
Okay. Listen to his warning here. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. That was a strong warning. He says, if they, the world hates you, it's because they hated me first. So we will suffer some degree of animosity with the world. So we should be understanding this and expecting this. It shouldn't take us back that, that the world hates us when we speak of the Lord and we speak of salvation. People sometimes don't respond well to you saying that they're a sinner but yet you have to give them the bad news before you give them the good news of the gospel that Jesus died for them and was buried and rose again for the payment of that sin. Uh, let's look at 1 Peter 2, verse 21. 1 Peter 2, verse First Peter two verse twenty one. It says here, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. So, we will follow in his steps of suffering. If he leads us, he went before us. He showed us the example. And you can see where there was several people that just clung to him, loved him, and needed that hope and that joy and that love from him. And you will have that as well. But there are those that opposed him. Okay. What about Matthew 10, verse 16? And I have written that one down here. It says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep into the midst of the wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He sends us out among the sheep, among the wolves as sheep. That doesn't sound pleasant. That doesn't sound like that's a good outcome. But, you know, with Christ, we can do all things. And it just kind of shows here that he he says be wise as a serpent. You know, serpents are very, very wise, very subtle, and they sneak. And he says, you know, you need to be as wise as this serpent yourself. That means know his word, be ready to use the word just like Jesus did when he was in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. But he says, but harmless as doves. Now that's something that I don't see a lot of people doing. They usually will, you know, some people will say, oh, they're a Bible beater. Well, are you? Like, do you take the word of God and beat people over the head with it? Or are you as 
as harmless as a dove. Like reaching people in love, reaching people, yes, with the truth of the word, but in love. Have you, have you decided that the way that Jesus met people and he led them to himself was through loving them and, and seeing what needs that they have? You know, I always say that people say, um, I've heard the saying before and I've used it, that they want to know that you care before they care what you know. And so are you being as harmless as a dove? Are you treating them in kind, with kindness and compassion? Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. Don't you just love the turning of the pages? I use my tablet sometimes to look up the scriptures as well, but I still love the. The, the book itself and being able to turn the pages and find the scriptures. Okay, Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Not every man who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I and cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Or, in the King James Version, is iniquity. I, to this day, say that's the saddest scripture in the Bible. It is actually the saddest account that I can think of, where people really believe that they're followers where people believe that whatever they're doing in their life, they're doing it in the name of the Lord and for his sake. And yet he says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. You know, I I never want anybody to doubt their salvation. But if you can go through this life, just living it, you know, every day just for yourself or... Uh, it seems like, you know, you can be blessed by God. And I know what it feels like to be blessed by God. And I am blessed by God. But I also know what it feels like of what he warned us about. And my question to you is, is do you ever suffer that kind of persecution? Are you close enough to the cross that you can feel that cross that you have to carry? Do you feel mocked at times? Do you feel embarrassed? Do you feel like somebody made fun of you because you being a believer? Um, Have you had to sacrifice your family or your time or even maybe your money for the sake of the gospel? If you have never done that and you don't know anything that what I'm talking about or what Jesus warned us about, then you may want to rethink Are you truly a believer? Like I said, I don't want you to doubt your salvation, but Jesus made it clear that if you followed him the way he says to follow him, this is what you will expect. So my question to you is, is, do you suffer? Do you suffer with the cross? Do you carry a cross with you as you're living this life as a believer? Well, 
those are a few scriptures that I just wanted to bring to your attention so you would understand and know that it's not easy to live the life of a Christian. And, you know, if you're out there and you're following this podcast and you're getting to know Jesus and you see the love that he has for you and the fact that he sacrificed himself for you, please, I urge you to cry out to him and ask him to forgive you and to uh, wash you of your sin and become your savior. But please don't forget the warning that if you are a believer, there will be times in your life that you will feel the heat of that cross. You will feel the weight of it in your life. And uh, I think it's only right to explain that to people because sometimes when they start feeling the weight of the cross on them, they want to take off and go the other way. They're like, no, I don't want no part of this. But I honestly believe if people were honest in the beginning with being a follower, this is a life style. This is a way of life for us. You know, they used to call it the way in the Bible. This is a way of life for us. This is who we are. We are his followers. We are Christians, which means little Christ and we are continued to do we are called to continue to do the work that he started here and he will continue it through us because it's through his power and his holy spirit that we even get this work accomplished but please please know that like it says in the book of James even consider it joy if you fall into trials and you know that's hard we don't look at trials and joy you know happiness comes and goes but we can always have joy in our life if we're born again believers and he's saying you will have these trials but it will work out to your good you will suffer but I'm there with you and this will work out to the bettering of you and the changing of your character and we're actually studying that on Wednesday nights and I've read the book of James before but I love reading it again and it talked about the goldsmiths or the silversmiths that they would put the metal the precious metal in fire and burn out all the impurities and then they would scrape the impurities off the top and they say well how do you know when the the metal or the gold is the purest and he says when I can see my image in it so we know we have a long way for Jesus to really be able to see his image in us so expect some trials expect some heavy burdens sometimes as you walk through this life as a believer but know that he has endured it all and he endured it at a how do I say it he endured it to such a degree that we will never experience here and even in states out out of states in foreign countries they suffer persecution even worse than we have here in states but I believe it's coming I believe it's just around the corner that us as believers are going to start suffering and feel the weight of that cross much more now than we ever have. So I would encourage you to continue in the work and just look to him to get you through it. Well, that's the scriptures and his part of the story. And I'm going to just read a little bit of a commentary to you in our part of the journey. And I'll see you over there. Welcome back 
to our part of the journey. So as I said before, I'm going to read a little bit of the commentary here uh, to some of these scriptures. But right before I read the commentary, there's a couple that I actually want to repeat so, and then put them with the commentary so you will see how it meets with that. So we were in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, where it says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. That is a very strong warning about sending you out as sheep amongst the wolves. And it says here, the instructions of long-term mission of the world. Jesus prepares his disciples for a worldwide mission to the Gentiles and for the persecution that will inevitably accompany their mission. Did you hear that? Inevitably will accompany their mission. This is something that we should understand. We should be ready to embrace and see it coming. That way we're not thrown off guard when it actually happens. We need to understand what Jesus is trying to tell us here. And then it says, verse 16, sheep in the midst of wolves. Jesus warns the disciples about the persecution that missionary disciples will endure. It did not say maybe. It did not say might. It said will endure. Wise as serpents and innocent as doves, the serpent was the symbol of shrewdness and intellectual cunningness, while the dove was emblematic the dove was emblematic of simple innocence. So he's once again saying, be wise, be watching like a serpent. It's always watching before it strikes. He says, be, be, be aware of what is out there that could come up against you, the shrewdness that could come up against you. But at the same time, be simply innocent, be full of love, and compassion as you're trying to reach the multitudes. And then we also talked about Matthew 10. And then it was like verse, um, let's see, Matthew 10 verse 16, which we just talked about that one. Then Matthew 10 verse 22. But I kind of want to read down through a little bit more of the scriptures before I hit this commentary. Because I think this in its whole entirety is so important for us to understand. So if you look at Matthew 10 verse 26... He says here, like 26 through 39, he says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. And do not fear those that will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear them who can destroy both the body in hell or the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whosoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. That is so strong. So he's encouraging us to go out and to witness and to do what we are called to do and not to fear those that will persecute us. He says, 
he says, don't, don't fear the one that can just destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy the body and the soul. And then it goes on and it says, not peace, but a sword. Verse 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace to this earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father and daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be loose of his own household or those of his own household, sorry. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whosoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I think those two paragraphs, those scriptures from 26 down to 38, says it all. Jesus says it all of what will take place, and oftentimes you will see that our own household will rise up against us if they do not believe in the Lord or they do not want to accept him. Now the commentary part says here, everyone who acknowledges me before men, a Christian can easily avoid persecution by denying that he or she is even Jesus' disciple. But the true disciple does not fear death and will publicly acknowledge and confess Jesus. Whoever denies me, the eternal consequence for those who deny Christ, in fact, will be far worse than the persecution that they sought to avoid. Well, we can deny him. Or we can just not even profess his name at all. And then allow those around us to go to hell without even knowing the truth of the gospel. Why you have become a believer. But will there be a consequence? The eternal consequence for those who deny Christ, in fact, will be far worse than the persecution that they sought to avoid. Verse 34 through 37, the sword is a metaphor for inevitable separation between those who believe in Christ and those who do not, even within the family. In Christ may set a man against his father. Jesus' own family opposed him before they came to recognize his true identity. Thus, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus asked for unqualified allegiance, something even the most esteemed rabbi did not demand. The central point of Matthew is that love of God and his kingdom must take precedence over every other human relationship. Did you hear that? Every other human relationship. Where does Jesus fall in your life? Because that will determine how much persecution you are feeling. Is Jesus Christ number one to you in all things in your life? No matter what the relationships are around you. That could be your husband. That could be your children. That could be your mother, father, mother-in-law, father-in-law, friends. Do you stand on the side of Jesus at all times 
regardless of the persecution or what has come up against you. Are you ready for what will come up against you? Are you prepared and wise? Do you understand that he has warned us? He's given us instructions how to handle it and and what the cost will be. Do not be surprised if you live your life for him and he is the center point of your life and everything else falls second to him. You will feel that persecution. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, another a journey that you've taken us on in your word. Lord, it's, it's been a rough one. I've been feeling this quite a bit in my life. And uh, like I said, as we study the book of James, it becomes so much more clear that we have to stand firm. We cannot be double-minded and tossed to and fro like the waves of the sea. Lord, help us all. Stand strong on your word. Help us make you the focal point, the center of our life, that everything else comes second to you and what you would have for us to do. Let us not be fearful of those that are around us, but give us the courage, the courage that you gave David uh, and Daniel. Lord, help us. Help us do the will that you want us to do, your Father's will. Let us continue out your work using your Holy Spirit always to guide us and direct us. I thank you and I love you. For it's in your Son and our Savior's precious name that I pray. And amen. Thank you once again for tuning in to My Story, His Story, Our Journey. And please remember that these will be aired now on a Thursday. And it'll probably be every other Thursday for right now. My schedule is extremely busy and I'm, I'm trying my best to be diligent in all things. So uh, I will see you back here uh, the Thursday after next. And uh, thank you once again for joining us. And please remember to hit that follow button and invite a friend to, to join along in these journeys with us. And for now, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.